I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, the readings this morning are not intended to go together necessarily. I, I, I don't have any insight into the minds of the lectionary folks, but um, normally we, at this time of year, we're just doing Lectio Continuo, which is we just pick a place in a book in each of the three readings and we just go forward from there. Um, but as it turns out, the themes of all three readings, the psalm is a bit of an outlier, but the other three readings um, all are reflections on suffering in one form or another and and not um, not not meaningless or tragic suffering but rather sacrificial suffering suffering that is redemptive and so you have the the suffering servant of Isaiah you have uh, the reflection from Hebrews on Christ's high priesthood which was perfected through his suffering um, and so he, so Christ becomes the sacrifice and the high priest, and he is the cosmic high priest. And then, of course, you have James and John wanting to sit at Christ's right and left hand, and again, a reflection on suffering. Uh, will you be able to uh, drink the cup or be baptized with my cup and my baptism? And uh, yes, we are. And of course, we know that they have no idea what they're asking and what that means. And so the cup and the baptism reflect the suffering of Jesus, the cross of Jesus. But the ones who are on Jesus' right and left hand are, in fact, the, uh, the two thieves on Golgotha. So, um, so again, suffering runs as a sort of a through line through all three of those readings. And it's one of these uh, days where... In, uh, to a certain degree, I had trouble um, thinking of what I was going to say today because the readings are so great and they say it all. Uh, so what, what does a preacher have to add to that? Um, but don't worry, I came up with something. Uh, reflecting on suffering, uh, this, is, this is, as far as I can tell, the heart of our tradition. That when we, we think about what Christianity is, and I've been thinking a lot about what Christianity is because of the pandemic, because of church decline, uh, in Canada, we had a meeting um, a, a week ago Wednesday in the North Okanagan to start imagining a future of what Anglicanism might look like throughout Vernon and Salmon Arm and Chase and all the, the, the little towns in, in BC in this area um, because, of course, the finances are, uh, are struggling. And so we have to get creative at this point. And uh, certainly at All Saints, um, we're, we're doing okay, um, but it's touched us as well. So, so it, we're all in this boat together, and that very much was the, the, um, the context for this conversation a week ago last Wednesday. And what we were really struggling with, and, and this is what I want to share with us as a parish community, is, is what is the church? What, why does it matter? Um, who would cry if we were gone? Those kinds of questions that, that force us into the kind of essence of our reason for existence. And for me, suffering, that reflection on sacrificial, redemptive suffering, is, is one of the clues to the heart of the Christian tradition. When, when the original Christians, post-resurrection, uh, started talking about how they were transformed and what difference Christ's death and resurrection made for them, they talked about a way of Jesus, that they were, they, were, they were disciples of Jesus, and now they follow the way of Jesus. And that was originally what the Christians called themselves. We were people of the way. And the, the way was the way of Jesus. It was the way of the cross. And that distinguished Christians from the culture around them. 
And to this day, that remains the heart of who and what we are. Now, of course, we have 2,000 years of history, and we became the dominant religious tradition of empire after empire. And so that way became cluttered and compromised uh, in various ways. So, so it, it's, it has been, in various contexts, hard to look at Christianity and see the way of the cross. Because it, in some ways, you can look at Christianity and see that it's power and pomp and circumstance and empire um, and so forth. And, and to this day, certainly in North America, in some quarters, Christianity is a four-letter word because of what it's associated with. And what it's associated with is not the, that, that redemptive embrace of suffering and sacrifice. You need only look at the politics of masks and vaccines and see how the public mind associates the word Christian with that conversation, where, you know, unlike our church, many churches have come down on the side that looks more like self-service than it does service to others and to the community. And so it's little wonder, then, that people have been turning their backs on Christianity as a whole, because Christianity itself has not done the kind of job it needs to have done about keeping the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is the way of the cross. So this, this focus on redemptive suffering, we, we need some clarity around that. It's not like you know we're all into hair shirts. That's, it's not suffering for the sake of suffering, and it's not performative suffering. It's the recognition that the most important things in life are inextricable from sacrifice. I think about, the, about the, the things in my life that have been worth doing, have been the most worthwhile. They have all involved sacrifice on my part. A couple of obvious things from family life, marriage and children. Um, there's no marriage that is based on, as long as it's good for me, I'm sticking around, and as long as it's good for you, you can stick around. No successful marriage is based on that. It's always based on I'm willing to make sacrifices for the sake of the other, and you're willing to make sacrifices for the sake of me, and as long as we are engaged in mutual sacrificial relationship, then the relationship becomes more than the sum of its parts. Um, having children, any parent will tell you the, 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 the pounds of flesh that children take out of you over the course of rearing them, and, as I'm discovering, even when they're adults, and yet, they're some of the best things I've ever accomplished in my life at the same time. Two little examples. But let's look at some other less homey examples. Uh, leadership, community leadership. Uh, to this day, community leadership tends to be about the great and the powerful. And we celebrate the great and the powerful. Um, I was uh, I was thinking about you know the the, the uh, how how the, the corporations and the, the the corporate giants among us today are analogous to the pharaohs of Egypt, um, where we have the pyramids who are monuments to them, and we know who King Tut is, um, but we don't know who the amazing architects were who designed those things, much less the laborers without whom one stone would have been put on another. Um, and so we, you know, the, 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 the great lorded it over the, the poor and were tyrants over them, and the poor struggled and suffered, and the great bore the benefits of it. And how is that different from today? We've just traded pyramids for rocket ships in the shape of a penis. And I wish I were making that up, but I am not. So, so here we are in the same human condition where the way of sacrifice is just as relevant and compelling as it ever has been. 
So when we talk about the principles, the moral principles of leadership, the Christian understanding of leadership is that it is community service, that, that our political leaders at their best need to be servants of the community, not lords of it that our, uh, our captains of industry need to be servants of the community and of humanity, not lords over it. And this is the Christian insight, which is a universal human insight. It is relevant for all people at all times in all cultures. It is truly a transcendent philosophy. It is the philosophy at the heart of our peculiar group here in Vernon that calls itself Anglican. Um, but it is universal to humanity. It is certainly universally Christian. So that, that, that emphasis on sacrifice, on, on embracing suffering and loss, embracing whatever cross may be in front of us for the sake of transformation and redemption and the greater good is the heart, the moral heart of our tradition. And one of the opportunities we have with the pandemic, with the, the, the institutional stress that the church is under, is to actually refocus our attention on what those, those essential qualities are and how best we can structure ourselves so that we, we keep the main thing the main thing. And, you know, we've been, we've been investing in our infrastructure here. We've, we've worked hard on our building and our grounds, um, partly because we believe that we are called to serve a much broader constituency than just our own congregation here in Vernon that with our ability to broadcast, with our ability to be a gathering place with numbers, we can be a place where, where Christians, Anglicans, can gather virtually or in real space uh, from a much broader area. And this is part of our responsibility to the wider community and the wider church. So some places need to invest in infrastructure. Other places, the infrastructure is a burden. Um, and and that's, uh, that's part of the the thinking that we all have to do about how to deal with the infrastructure that we have and how to repurpose it so that we are focused on the transformation of humanity to embrace the way of the cross and find it to be the way of life. Because that's the heart. Whether we need buildings or not is an open question. Um, we, we may be wrong about investing in this place. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, but but the, the point, as always, is to keep the religious practice at the heart of who we are. So I've started thinking in my mind that, you know, that church is a word that means a whole bunch of things, that has always meant a whole bunch of things, and I'm not sure how helpful that word is anymore. Um, sure, we go to church, we have a church, we're part of a church. All those meanings are still very much active. But I think that if we're about church, then we lose focus. What I'd like us to be about is the way of Jesus. I, I'd like us to be about a faith practice. And whatever we do as an institution, I think, has to support the faith practice, both individually and corporately. So as we gather virtually, as we struggle to be church in this unusual time, I think we're able to see things in a way that we haven't been able to see them before, and so some things are emerging with some clarity. Um, there are things that we need in order to support our faith practice. And so those are things we need to identify and help each other with. Uh, I think gathering is one of those things that we need, and we are working hard to be able to gather. And gathering physically is important, um, as much as gathering virtually has been a lot better than nothing. Um, uh, singing together, 
is something that we all miss um, and is one of the first things that we're going to look forward to. Um, it is a way, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a gateway to transcendence and it's part of what we need, but we don't exist in order to sing together. There are other ways to sing together. Um, so when we sing together, it is about supporting us in our faith life and our faith practice. So gathering for worship, reflecting on the scriptures, uh, praying together, these are all things that, that reconfirm us in the way of Jesus, which, of course, we say we cannot do on our own, on our own because we need God's help to do that. So we open ourselves to God's power and presence in our life to help us be on that path of the cross because it's easy to, to corrupt it. It's easy to make it self-serving. It's easy to fall away from it. So we need each other to support us in that, and we need to, to keep coming together on a, as a heartbeat to support that faith practice. Those are, those are just a sketch. My real point is we all have to think about this together. I don't have the answers. I have a lot of ideas. I have thoughts. I have opinions. Um, but but it's not the task for me or even for the professionals. It is a task for the community uh, that, that in this liminal time, this time of transition, change, uh, reset, whatever it is, that we, uh, we take the opportunity to focus on what our purpose is at a, as a church. And as far as I'm concerned, the readings today are as good a guidance as any, that it is about that topsy-turvy kingdom of God that we are a part of, that it's not about being great or good, it is about the, uh, the embrace of sacrificial suffering for the sake of the greater good. And I think that's the distinction um, of the Christian faith tradition, which ensures it will always be relevant, uh, no matter what context we find ourselves in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. <laughs>